Welcome to Jackie and Practice podcast on its March 2022 issue, which is highlighted by the theme of respiratory infections and the lung. I am Bob Zeiger, Deputy Editor of Jackie and Practice, and hope you and your family are staying well during this challenging period of our lives. In the time of COVID-19, our minds and energies are focused on the monumental and detrimental impact of SARS-CoV-2 and other viruses on our lives and the lives of our patients. It is therefore appropriate that the theme of this month's issue is respiratory infections and the lung. The issue contains four wide-ranging clinical commentary reviews and two original articles on respiratory infections and the lung. We are indebted to our editorial board members, Drs. William Bussey and Ann Fitzpatrick, who served as theme coordinators for masterfully organizing this issue and also for contributing to the reviews. In addition, their theme editorial provides an insightful perspective on the impact of respiratory infections and the lung among young children those with asthma and the immunodeficient. Given the pandemic, it is appropriate that our first clinical commentary review by Dr. Palman and colleagues provides insight into the effect of COVID-19 infections on asthma. They present evidence that clinical outcomes for patients with asthma overall seem to be similar to those without asthma during COVID-19 infection and also during the post-acute COVID-19 syndrome or long-haul COVID. In an enlightening clinical commentary review, Dr. Acton et al. guide us through the journey of studies that have documented the long-term consequences of early-life respiratory infections on the development of asthma and question whether prevention of such infections would prevent asthma. Expanding upon the prior review, Drs. Jackson and Gern pen a comprehensive clinical commentary review on the role of rhinovirus infections in asthma causation, particularly in the presence of allergic sensitization and impact of those infections on asthma exacerbations. They discuss specific risk factors and mechanisms for rhinovirus-induced wheezing and suggest that these factors may be potential targets for the mitigation of rhinovirus-induced wheezing and exacerbations of asthma. Our final clinical commentary review, Dr. Lehman, comprehensively highlights the critical impact of respiratory infections in patients with primary immunodeficiency diseases, both in their first presentation and thereafter, posing real threats to their lives. They emphasize that the microorganisms that cause respiratory illnesses and primary immunodeficiency disorders are broad, including bacteria, viruses, and fungi, with specific organisms being dominant based on whether the primary immunodeficiency disease is humoral or cellular. These theme reviews on respiratory infections in the lungs are timely and hopefully useful to your practice and stimulate seeking further knowledge on this important topic. Now let's explore the journal's original articles beginning with two on COVID. First, eosinophilia is associated with improved COVID-19 outcomes in inhaled corticosteroid-treated patients 
by Zayn et al. What is already known about this topic? Low eosinophil counts during acute severe respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2 infection, are associated with worse outcomes. What does this article add to our knowledge? Baseline pre-existing immune profile might affect COVID-19 related outcomes. The association between eosinophilia and disease outcomes varies by inhaled corticosteroid therapy. How does this study impact current management guidelines? If confirmed by future randomized trials, eosinophilia can be used as a biomarker to guide therapy with inhaled corticosteroids in COVID-19. The next COVID-19 article entitled Population-Based Incidence, Severity, and Risk Factors Associated with Treated Acute Onset COVID-19 mRNA Vaccines Associated Hypersensitivity Reactions by Dr. Macy et al. What is already known about this topic? Acute Onset Hypersensitivity COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine-Associated Reactions have been widely reported, and uncertainty as to their frequency and severity may be inhibiting vaccine uptake in the population. What does this article add to our knowledge? This is the first population-based data on the frequency, severity, and risk factors associated with treated acute onset hypersensitivity reactions associated with first and second dose exposures to COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Treated acute onset hypersensitivity reactions are more likely in females with similar risk factors as for multiple drug intolerance syndrome. They are mild and more likely to occur with the first dose and unlikely to be immunologically mediated. Our next article is entitled Respiratory Infections and Anti-Infective Medication Use from Phase 3 Dupilumab Respiratory Studies by Gang et al. What is already known about this topic? Patients with asthma or chronic rhinosinusitis with nasal polyps have a predisposition to respiratory infections. What does this article add to our knowledge? Patients treated with dupilumab versus placebo experienced reduced investigated reported upper and lower airway respiratory infections and the use of anti-infective medication in asthma patients or patients with chronic rhinocytositis with nasal polyps throughout the calendar year. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Reductions in adverse events of infections and anti-infective medication may benefit quality of life, healthcare resource utilization, clinical outcomes, and antibiotic stewardship. Our next article is entitled, Higher Risk of Hyperthyroidism in People with Asthma, Evidence from a Nationwide Population-Based Cohort Study by Gao et al. What is already known about this topic? Studies have indicated that hyperthyroidism exacerbates asthma. However, the influence of asthma in the development of hyperthyroidism has not been adequately studied yet. What does this article add to our knowledge? Patients with asthma 
were at higher risk of developing hypothyroidism, especially those above 30 years of age. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Clinicians caring for asthma should be aware of an increased risk of hypothyroidism developing in the future. Our next article, entitled Peripheral Airway Impairment and Dysynapsis Define Risk of Uncontrolled Asthma in Obese Asthmatic Children by Young et al. What is already known about this topic? Although dysynapsis has been suggested as an explanation for the association of obesity to poor asthma outcomes, there is little information on the prevalence and association of peripheral airway impairment to uncontrolled asthma in this population. What does this article add to our knowledge? Our data suggests that obesity, by increasing both peripheral airway impairment and dysynapsis, but not by obesity alone, greatly increases the risk of uncontrolled asthma. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Recognizing that peripheral airway impairment is a major factor in the poor outcomes observed in the obese asthmatic child, and that peripheral airway impairment, unlike dysynapsis, has previously been shown to be responsive to extra-fine inhaled corticosteroids, might encourage the clinician to evaluate this therapy in this high-risk population. Our next study is entitled Outdoor Mold and Respiratory Health, State of Science of Epidemiologic Studies, KO et al. What is already known about this topic? There is increasing evidence that outdoor fungal spores increase the risk of severe asthma exacerbations in children. Outdoor fungal spores may also increase asthma symptoms occurrence, impact other health outcomes, and also affect adults. What does this article add to our knowledge? Increases in total outdoor fungal spores, ascospores, basidiospores, alternaria, and cladosporium are associated with increases in asthma exacerbations among children. Copernus, Ganoderma, Aspergillus, Penicillium, Botrytis, and Epicacum might also be harmful. Evidence remains limited in adults. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Outdoor mold exposure should be investigated as a potential cause in patients with mild or severe asthma exacerbations. Recommendations to reduce spore exposure might be proposed using regional fungal calendars. Our next article is high insulin in early childhood is associated with subsequent asthma risk independent of body mass index by Carr et al. What is already known about this topic? The relationship of asthma to obesity is complex, but strengthened among those with insulin resistance. What does this article add to our knowledge? We found that in two birth cohorts, high insulin in childhood is associated with increased risk of asthma development through adolescence and adulthood, independent of body mass index. How does this study impact current management guidelines? This association signals an early life metabolic pathway towards asthma development 
that may be a modifiable risk factor. Our next article is entitled Determining the Clinical Course of Asthma in Pregnancy by Stevens et al. What is already known about this topic? Convention holds that asthma control follows a rule of thirds during pregnancy. A third get better, a third get worse, and the rest stay the same. What does this article add to our knowledge? Using an unsupervised machine learning approach, we show that asthma control does not improve during pregnancy. Rather, approximately 60% of women experience no change in asthma control during pregnancy. How does this study impact our current management guidelines? In this contemporary pregnancy cohort of women with asthma, managed according to standard practice, approximately 40% of women may have benefited from more active asthma management. Our next article is entitled Comparative Effectiveness of Strategies to Support Self-Management in Patients with Asthma, a Systematic Review and Network Meta-Analysis by Dipahepion et al. What is already known about this topic? Multidisciplinary case management and regularly supported self-management were effective in reducing health care use in patients with asthma. What does this study add to our knowledge? Different features of asthma self-management support strategies that work best on unique outcomes. How does this study impact current management practice? Behavioral support of asthma self-management more often than once a month with an aid of e-health could improve asthma control, whereas interaction with healthcare providers help to lessen the risk of asthma exacerbations. Our next article is entitled, Obesity is Associated with Sustained Symptomatology and Unique Inflammatory Features in Children with Asthma. Fitzpatrick et al. What is already known about this topic? Obesity complicates the clinical manifestations of asthma in children. However, Unlike studies in adults, few studies have examined longitudinal outcomes or markers of systemic inflammation in obese, asthmatic children. What does this article add to our knowledge? Poor clinical outcomes in obese children with asthma are sustained over time. Systemic corticosteroid responsiveness is also impaired in obese children with asthma and is accompanied by unique patterns of systemic inflammation and accident stress. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Obesity-driven inflammation may be distinct in children with asthma and may not be adequately modified with conventional asthma therapies. Novel therapeutic approaches may be warranted given the significant burden of symptoms in these children. Our next article is entitled, Combining Discordant Serum IgE and Skin Testing Improves Diagnostic and Therapeutic Accuracy. What is already known about this topic? Hemenoptera Venom Skin Testing is first line with in vitro testing as an alternative test. What does this article add to our knowledge? This study determines in vitro testing to be more sensitive. How does the study impact current management guidelines? 
This study presents a complementary diagnostic sequence for testing. Our next article is entitled Rhinitis, an Asthma Patient Perspective, RAP, Clinical Utility and Predictive Value by Berdini et al. What is already known about this topic? The Rhine Asthma Patient Perspective, RAP, is a well-validated questionnaire to assess the health-related quality of life, HRQOL, of patients with asthma and comorbid allergic rhinitis in daily practice. It is available in Italian, English, Spanish, Portuguese, and Polish. What does this article add to our knowledge? In addition to detecting the disease impact from the patient's perspective, RAP provides an estimate of the risk for uncontrolled allergic rhinitis and asthma. How does this study impact current management guidelines? RAP can be used to support shared clinical management decisions. I would now like to bring your attention to three other articles published in the March issue. First, we published the comprehensive and insightful quadruple AI work group report of the Allergic Skin Diseases Committee and Leadership Project by Singh et al. on atopic dermatitis and food allergy, best practices and knowledge gaps. Second, we published a clinical commentary review by Hung et al. on the development of the mucosal concept in chronic rhinosinusitis and its clinical implications. And thirdly, another clinical commentary review by Paula Bussey and Alan Coplin was on specific targeting of plasma calocrine for the treatment of hereditary angioedema, a revolutionary decade. And finally, on behalf of the editors of Jackie in Practice, I hope this brief summary of the informative articles published in our March 2022 issue will pique your interest to delve into the issue in more detail. And thank you very much for reading Jackie in Practice.